Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. How's it going, everyone? It's Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Jacob Cohen, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking two stories. First off, streaming bundling is coming. What the heck's that going to look like? Uh, Is it going to be like cable? Is it going to be its own thing? We're going to talk through that. We're also touching on this thing that's happening with home builders selling houses to investors at a discount right now. We'll get into that. Highly controversial practice. But before we get into that, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in business and tech. Elon Musk has reportedly changed his mind on Twitter yet again. (laughs) New reports say that he might proceed with his 5420 share buyout after all, but it is Elon Musk, so I wouldn't place any bets just yet. The EU voted 602 to 13 in favor of a universal charger for mobile devices, meaning that iPhones will likely have to switch to USB-C, and that's great news for the dongle overlords at Apple. Airbnb users say that algorithms are banning them over super minor offenses like unleashed dogs and things of that nature. Micron could spend up to $100 billion on a New York semiconductor factory that would boost domestic supply and add 50,000 jobs. And lastly, Amazon announced a pause on its corporate hiring in its retail division through the end of the year. All right, JC, so you've got your eye on this story about streaming bundling, and this is pretty interesting stuff. Obviously, the big TV cable networks have been bundling stuff for years, but what's the deal here? What might a streaming bundle look like? Yes, so actually, I think what I want to emphasize as part of this story is that this discussion, I think, is overplayed. Hmm. So if you were to subscribe today to all of the big streaming services offered, you'd probably be paying more for that, probably over $90 a month or so, than the average price for a cable bill in the U.S. You're talking, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, all these disparate networks that you have to get. If you were to stack them all up, which frankly, a lot of people are doing more and more of, you would pay more than you would pay for cable on average. Hmm. A big difference, though, is that on cable, many people are saving money through bundles. Sure. For decades, people have been doing this, bundles of channels. And here's the thing. A lot of people are looking at the streaming landscape today, and they're saying, this is getting expensive. Where are these bundles in streaming? And, (laughs) you know, aside from being expensive, they see a bunch of services, A, trying to figure out how to grow their subscriber counts, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to prevent churn of those subscribers, and also trying to figure out how to make more money. And their thought is eventually the best way to combat this churn may be by packaging their stuff together with other streamers in bundles. Mm. You may be wondering, what would this bundle look like? And it's exactly what you're probably thinking, like you pay one fee each month for access to the HBO Netflix bundle. Okay. That's kind of what they're talking about here. And it sounds nice for viewers because it would be nice. You'd probably be saving money, right? It would probably come at a little bit of a discount instead of paying the full price for both. But 
I suspect that this will not be happening anytime soon, if ever. Mm. I think the only bundling you're going to see is either through consolidation, like with HBO and Discovery merging, okay. or through internal bundles, like we have with Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN, all being kind of under one entity. You know, when considering bundles of two completely separate streaming companies, you quickly realize that just the pricing, the platforms, and the egos are never <laughs> going to allow this to happen. <laughs> it's the egos. Honestly, that's like the biggest part of it. Yeah. Because these platforms, they still very much see themselves as competitors. They view it almost like a zero-sum game. Like you're either yes. a Hulu person, you're a Netflix person. Exactly. Sometimes I have seen kind of cross-platform bundles like Hulu and Spotify will partner on a bundle or something. Yes. But it's not like TV bundles partnering. Exactly. Exactly. Like you've seen Paramount Plus actually is bundled with Walmart Plus mm. now. And so we're seeing some things like that. You're right. But, you know, these companies would make less revenue per user if they were to do this. They're already constantly finagling with their pricing. Yeah. It's incredibly complex and messy. So this would just increase that messiness. The second hard part would be figuring out how to actually offer and serve these bundles. Like you said, egos are big. If I get the Netflix HBO bundle, can I watch HBO shows on the Netflix app? How would that work? Maybe it means a viewer on Netflix would be more likely to watch HBO's House of the Dragon, but does HBO want them <laughs> to do that on Netflix? No. Right. So HBO wants you watching and talking about HBO shows and nothing else and only on HBO. <laughs> Amazon wants you watching The Rings of Power on Amazon, so you might buy another roll of toilet paper. So I just don't see this happening soon, although it is a big discussion now. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe they're just like all really insecure about the quality of their content. Maybe if Netflix <laughs> thinks they bundle with Amazon, Amazon's going to outperform their cache of movies or something. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because Peacock apparently approached a bunch of these bigger streamers. Oh, really? Peacock has about 15 million subscribers, which is pretty small these days. But they approached some of these bigger streamers about the idea of a bundle. And apparently they were basically rejected by all of them because... They were like, this is a deal where we'll be helping you, but, <laughs> you know, us bundling with you is not going to help us in any way. Yeah. So you're not seeing a path forward for this one unless, of course, like you said, the corporations just merge or something. Exactly. Okay. There's not so much room left for mergers in this space. No. Maybe with like a Paramount Plus being scooped up by Apple or something. Jeez. There you go. All right, and Zach, you were looking into this interesting development around uh, home builders being basically in panic mode. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, I should say Rob is writing this story in our daily email tomorrow. He's got the scoop. I'm filling in for him today. But, you know, when we first started doing this podcast, you know, eight months ago, the housing market was a totally different scene. People were grappling over homes. There wasn't enough supply in the market. People were offering to name their firstborn child after the seller if their offer was accepted. Uh, that's it fantastic. was just absolute <laughs> mass madness. Today, though, we're seeing a much different market. Builders are having a very hard time finding buyers who want to buy all these houses they've been building. The Wall Street Journal had this story, and there are a few things that have led to this. Obviously, mortgage rates have jumped from 3% to 6.7% last week. That's a 15-year high. And that kind of comes with two downstream consequences. One, demand for mortgages has dropped about 30% year over year in September. 
And two, these builders are increasingly skeptical that single family buyers, you know, average American families are going to get approval for financing with these higher rates. Mm. You know, a doubling of the rate raises the mortgage payment by a tremendous amount of money. So a lot of people are priced out right now, and all of these homes that home builders were working on to help alleviate this housing crisis are sitting on the market. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, when you're looking at markets like housing that are so big, that's where these things kind of happen, where you have these like lagging effects sure. that you're trying to fix a problem, and then you end up over time actually making a problem worse in a different direction. You kind of just like the pendulum just kind of swings back and forth. That's exactly yeah. right. It's like growing Christmas trees or something. Like you plant a Christmas tree and it takes 10 years for it to show up in that lot at Home Depot. Right. And if 10 years ago, Christmas tree farmers had a drought, then today you're not going to be able to get a Christmas tree for a fair price. Exactly, exactly. Well, in terms of housing, do we have any idea where this is going to go? Is it going to continue to worsen? Yeah, so here's where the kind of the debate comes in. Obviously, a big frustration for a lot of first-time homebuyers has been that not only do they have to compete with other families in competitive markets to get houses, overbidding on homes by tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, they also have to compete with investors, institutional investors like BlackRock or smaller companies that snatch up dozens of homes in certain markets. Mm -hmm. And typically what happens is home builders who build homes in bulk will often strike deals with these investors and they'll offer to sell them sort of wholesale, I guess, for 10 to 15% discount. But right now, because of the lack of demand, a lot of these home builders are offering investors discounts of up to 20% wow. just to take the inventory off their hands. What that means, obviously, is these investors, they have the capital in cash to buy these homes. Yeah. It's a lot easier for them just to look at the numbers in a spreadsheet and make an instantaneous decision to buy a house. And if they're getting a 20% discount, that makes it even harder for families to compete in this market to get the homes. That's why we're going to be renting forever, Zach. <laughs> oh, we're going to be renting forever, man. And unfortunately, some analysts think that this problem could worsen a little bit. There's two trends at play here for builders. One is that homes under construction were up 14% year over year. So supply is going up, but demand is going down. Two is that investor purchases are already down. And increasing rates just makes financing those homes even harder. Mm -hmm. So what we could see here is even steeper discounts to builders. Home builders might be left out in the lurch a little bit here alongside prospective single-family home buyers. Mm. So all around... <laughs> The market's not looking so great right now. Yeah, that's no good. And also, by the way, since you brought up rents, you know, that's a crisis of its own. Yeah. So we're seeing skyrocketing rent prices across the nation. People who are priced out of the housing market, especially young first-time prospective home buyers, they're dealing with their own crisis with landlords who are facing inflated costs to run their properties. Of course. And also some of whom are just straight up being greedy. You know, I just called a property manager yesterday to ask about what the deal's going to be about my rent in a few months when it's up. And uh oh. What's they said going they're on? figuring it out. <laughs> That's not good, JC. I know. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear we're figuring it out from your landlord. Right. I should have demanded them to tell me now, but. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love the housing market because I just think it's there's so many different little connections that have humongous impacts that you'd never really expect. And I think one that people might find interesting is a connection between housing and the price of milk at the grocery store. Hmm. Basically, when you build houses, 
there are byproducts from the actual building of houses. Like, for example, a lot of sawdust accumulates when you cut down trees and sure. process that lumber. Farmers actually purchase and use that sawdust to keep their cows comfortable. Mm. And comfortable cows produce more milk. <laughs> And when there are fluctuations in the supply of housing and the production of houses, there are fluctuations in the amount of sawdust that is produced as a result wow. and downstream that impacts the cows. Back in 2008, with all the madness of housing back then, the price of milk actually had shot up hmm. when wow. housing production kind of plummeted. And I just think that's fascinating. You'd never think about that. Wow, that is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, not good for single family home buyers. <laughs> not good for home builders. And uh, I guess we have to add not good for the milk industry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bad for big milk. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. That's thehustle.co slash email. Have a great day and we'll catch you all tomorrow. <laughs>